0: More of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Josh Scanlon podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Heritage I hope you find it informative. Thanks. Another edition of the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. Today I'm going to take a, uh, a, a topic that's very near and dear to my heart and many of the clients I've dealt with over my past 20 plus years of experience as a financial planner and that is about annuities. Now, annuities get a bad rap, and I'm not gonna get into whether or not they should get a bad rap or not. But this time, I'm gonna actually show you how an annuity that is not inside an IRA can be very, very detrimental to your account value and your overall financial planning skills. Do not take this as saying never put an annuity outside an IRA or always put an annuity inside an IRA. I'm being very agnostic when it comes to that, but I wanna show you how if you have an annuity outside of an IRA and what's called a taxable account, it's just, you're stuck, there's not much you can do in a lot of times in terms of if you find out you're not happy with the annuity or if you look and the annuity is underperformed. So let me just give you the the basics of an annuity. An annuity is a tax deferral account, all right? So it grows tax deferred. So any gains you have in there, you do not pay tax on until you pull it out. Similar to like a non-deductible IRA. You can put every single red penny you got into the annuity. You don't get a deduction, but the money that grows, the gains you've accumulated grow tax-deferred, not tax-free. Now, like an IRA, when the money comes out, it's taxable as ordinary income. So there's no capital gains, no interest, no dividends. It's just all as ordinary income. Okay. Now, with an annuity, what happens if it's outside of an IRA Your principal, you'll get back tax-free. is a return of principal. You already pay tax on that money, so you don't pay any taxes when that money comes out. But your gains come out as ordinary income, and your gains come out first. So it's LIFO, last in, first out. So I'm going to use an example I've seen all the time. You got $100,000 in a variable annuity that you bought in 2003. It's now 2017. That $100,000 has grown to $180,000 so, your principal is 100, your total value is 80, 180. That means you have an $80,000 gain. And you say, I need 50,000 bucks out. The annuity company cuts you a check for 50,000 bucks. That's 100% tax as ordinary income. All right, LIFO, last and first out. So now you get a $130,000 account value. Still, 100,000 is your base, your principal. That means the next $30,000 is gonna come out, are still also gonna be taxes, ordinary income until you hit your principal all right so that in of itself there is some value there i mean you're paying taxes while it's accumulating but what i've seen happen a lot is people say man i put a hundred thousand dollars in this 15 years ago and it's only worth 180 i haven't even doubled my money over those 15 years which essentially means you've made about four to four and a half percent and you've been in an aggressive or moderately aggressive or even moderate portfolio and you're like if I would have just done a plain vanilla mutual fund, I would have you know two hundred fifty thousand in there, and that's that's the issue. You're starting to see how a variable annuity, in particular, and I'm not talking fixed. I'm talking variable annuity can weigh you down, and the reason is I'm going to show you this, and I just literally pulled from. Uh, let me move myself out of the way here. i I just literally typed in a variable annuity prospectus and this is the fourth thing that came up a trans-american axiom 2. i I have no clue what this is i know trans america is but i just want to kind of show you some of the reasons why your annuities your variable annuities haven't kept up with just a simple portfolio it's because they're so doggone expensive there's no getting around that um again this is not to bash on these guys literally this is the fourth one the fourth when i typed in in google Variable annuity prospectus I had a couple ads, and this is the first thing that came up. So I just picked it, and here we are. So basically, let me show you. Annuity has an m death. It was called the death benefit, mortality and expense fee, M&E and administrative charge, they call it here, M&E expense. Every variable annuity is going to have them. Even the ones at Vanguard and whatnot probably do. Don't quote me on that, but M&E expenses are, are critical in variable annuity. And I'm, I'm almost thinking they have to be there for it to be considered an annuity by the IRS, but I, I don't know that. But at the end of the day, an m and is an expense, is a death benefit. So it's costing you 1% a year on the policy value for that death benefit. So let me give you how that works. You start with 100,000 bucks, every year it's $1,000 on the $100,000. Now it's worth 180,000 bucks, it's now $1,800 for a death benefit that most likely will never see the light of day. You're paying $1,800. It'll say the annuity grows at $200,000. Now it's a $200,000 account value, which means your M&E, your death benefit is $200,000. How does a death benefit work? Well, let's just use a simple a, a step-up death benefit, and that's even a 1.35% fee. So a stepped up death benefit is now you start with 100, it grew to 180. Your death benefit is locked in at 180. So if the value of the annuity falls to 160, your heir, will just say your spouse will get 180. You fall in that, start with 100, it grows, you have a, it maxes out at 180, and then it falls. The market value falls and now you die at, when it's at 160, your heir will get the $180,000 death benefit. $180,000 count value. All right. <laughs> but the count value is worth 160. So she, she or he is only getting it literally a true $20,000 death benefit. That's it. It's cost you, in that case, $1,800 or $20,000 of life insurance. The death benefit can be seen very simply between the amount that's going to pay at your death versus the cash value today. If the cash value today and the, and the amount that pays at your death are equal you're paying, in this case, $1,800 a year for no death benefit at all. You're not getting any benefit of that. If the death benefit amount is, say, $200,000 and the cash value is only one sixty dollars for whatever reason, you have an increase in death benefit to $200,000, that, that sounds good. But you still, your death benefit, that your insurance that you're paying for is only $40,000. Your cash value is one sixty. dollars The death benefit amount is two hundred. dollars Your spouse or your heir will get the most of the cash value or the death benefit. So you're paying you're paying 1,800 bucks a year for $40,000 essentially of life insurance. And by the way, when it's life insurance, you think it'd be tax-free to the heir. Uh-uh, not when it comes to an annuity. It's taxes ordinary income. So it still taxes ordinary income. It's, ah. So you're paying a significant amount of money for a very, very limited death benefit. Now they'll make the argument that, hey, in 2007, you would have bought an annuity, let's say at $200,000, you wake up in March of 2009, the account's only worth 120, dollars and you, your death benefit's at $200,000. So you have an $80,000 life insurance value because, again, you bought it at 200. dollars That's your death benefit. The account drops to 120. dollars You have an $80,000 gap there. And when you die because you got hit by that proverbial bus, your spouse or, again, your heirs get a $200,000 benefit. That's what they get. Well, still, eighty thousand dollars for life insurance that costs you one thousand eight hundred dollars a year or more—it's nah, not worth it. And that's why annuities get a bad rap because they have limited upside in terms of that right there, and they have significant expense that never goes away. It's not—you're not paying a fee on the death benefit; you're paying a fee on the complete cash value of the account, and we're, it's just a huge expense that variable annuities cannot overcome because expenses and taxes are your two biggest things that hold you back from successful investments. And the more expenses you load onto your investment account, the less return you're gonna get, it's inevitable. And on top of that, when your heirs receive this money or you do, it's coming out as ordinary income. Again, you'll get your principal back tax-free, but your heirs or you will get the income out, the gains out as ordinary income. And that's, that's the biggest tax there is. So that is one thing. Now, on top of that, annuities also have pretty high mutual fund costs, and investments, you know, roughly about 0.9 to 1%. So now we're talking, we'll just use this, 1% for death benefit, m and charge, plus another 1% for the expenses on the mutual funds. That's 2% a year on your expenses. Now, let me just go back to what I learned from Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard. Investment returns are pretty easy to calculate. You got your dividends plus your capital appreciation. Your dividends are roughly 2%, capital appreciation on equity stocks are about five. Just use that for an example. So you have a 7% gross rate of return, 2% dividends, 5% appreciation. We can argue against that any day that you want, that's fine. Just for the time being, hear me out. So 7% is what you're gonna get on your accounts, but that's gross, that's before fees and taxes. So if we're paying 2% in fees to these guys, we're losing, uh, we take 2%, two divided by seven, we are losing almost 30% of our gross return to fees to these guys. Because we're only expecting to get seven of which gross, of which two is going in fees to them. So 30% of your gross return is going to fees. And sometimes it can be even higher. Here they got 1.35. Then you start doing some uh, income riders. I don't know if they show you anything. Here you go. Annual fund facilitation fee up to 30 basis points, annualized fee. I don't even know what that is. Annual fund facilitation fee. What I mean, what is that? I mean, ah, geez Louise. So at the end of the day, you find out you have this two and a half to 3% annuity Again, you're going back to the guy who has $180,000 in there. 3% on $180,000 is costing him $5,400 in fees a year, just on that annuity, $5,400 in fees a year. No way he's going to be a just a typical moderately aggressive, moderate port. It's just not going to happen. Now, you can argue all day long the bells and whistles. That's fine. The question is, are you aware of the bells and whistles when you buy it? And are you aware of the consequence of the fees and what those bells and whistles do? I'm not trying to bash variable annuities. They do work for some folks. But I am trying to bash them when it comes to what do you do outside of an IRA with a variable annuity? Because your options are limited. Because a tax code says an annuity can only be transferred to another annuity in a 1035 exchange and keep the tax deferral status. So let me just tell you what that means. You have IRA accounts. You have non-IRA accounts. Non-IRA accounts are what's called taxable accounts. You put $100,000 in this non-IRA account, this taxable account. It grew to one hundred and eighty. dollars so now it's worth one hundred and eighty. dollars You wake up 15 years later, and you see old Josh, and Josh says, man, you're paying $3,000 a year for a $20,000 death benefit. That's just not worth it. And you say, you know, you're right. I want to transfer that over to something else. And guess what? If we were to move this variable annuity into a mutual fund or an ETF or your bank or just whatever, you're going to pay tax on an $80,000 gain at one fell swoop, one lump sum as ordinary income. The only way you can avoid that is to move it from one annuity to another annuity. And all that does is retain the tax deferral. It just means you don't pay taxes today, but you're just kicking it down the road for a while. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had. They're looking at the exact same scenario I'm sharing with you. And they're like, I got $80,000 a gain. I should have had $150,000 a gain, but now I don't have any options unless pay the tax. Nope, you don't, you don't folks, unless you pay the tax. Now, one of the options are you can say, well, instead of paying the tax all in one fell swoop, I'll just start taking $20,000 a year out or whatever. And I'll take it out in four years. And now I have four years uh, in which the annuity still continues to grow or hopefully grows. But I'm still paying that two and $3,000 a year fee because I don't want to pay the, the tax man in one lump sum. Or you can look for a lower cost annuity. Vanguard has some, that's for sure. Um, there are some low load and no load. There's one I'm thinking about, I just can't remember. But anyway, Vanguard, I think Schwab. There are some firms that are rolling out now, but you're still in the annuity concept. You're still stuck in the annuity concept. On the other hand, if you have the annuity in an IRA, and this is where everyone in financial planning says, no, don't put annuities in IRAs, you don't get double tax deferral, that's evil, evil. Don't listen to that because at the end of the day, the nice thing about your annuity in an IRA, going back to this guy or lady who had $100,000 in an annuity and grew to 180, now he comes to my office and said, man, we gotta do something different with this because it's eating you alive in fees. The guy says, yes, I like that idea, I'd like to earn more. Well now we look at a, an annuity, we can take the annuity out of the annuity and put it into another account as long as it has a deferral called an IRA above it. As long as it remains in an IRA, it can be moved without any fees or taxation. Now you just you got to be careful about surrender charges. Annuities have surrender charges, you know, one what, there and I put a thing on index annuity how they have significant surrender charge. But if the annuities is in an IRA, it's a heck of a lot more flexible to move it from point A to point B than it is if it's not in an IRA. So that's the drawback about tax deferral when it comes to annuities is that, yeah, you did receive a little bit of tax deferral. You didn't receive it for free. It wasn't cheap. It cost you a lot of money. Was it worth it? And a lot of times the answer is no. Because don't forget, secondly, annuities come out and IRAs. I mean, this goes to all tax deferred accounts. When they come out, they come out as ordinary income. All right. So you deferred paying tax while you have the money building, which there is some value there. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes out, it comes out as ordinary income. Now, if you had it in a mutual fund account that had just capital gains or qualified dividends, there might be zero, depending on your tax bracket, capital gain tax, or it could be as high as fifteen percent, or even what's that, fifteen point uh, eighteen point eight, but it will never be, or should never be, under current tax high, tax cons, uh, tax system, as high as your ordinary income. And so there is some debate on that. Is it better to pay a capital gain of fifteen percent each and every year on a small amount versus getting tax deferral, and not paying any money there? I think there is some benefits to that actually, it's simply if you're not a high tax bracket anyway, because capital gain taxes are free and clear to those folks in the 12% tax bracket. So if you're still in the tax temp, 12% tax bracket, after you're receiving your capital gain div, dividend and dividend distribution, you don't pay any capital gain or dividend uh, income tax on that amount you receive. Now, if it puts you above the threshold and you're in a 15% tax bracket for capital gains and dividends, yeah, you're gonna pay more tax Today, than someone who had a variable annuity or IRA, but paying tax at 10, 15% versus paying tax at 25% later on, well, that's a debate we can have at a different time. So, at the end of the day, don't get caught up that tax deferral is the best thing since sliced bread. I don't buy it. Don't buy it. I'm telling you right now. Let me just throw the last thing at you because I feel like yapping a little bit more. Annuities and IRAs do not transfer tax-free to heirs. Yes, there is no estate tax for most people. There is no income tax. Uh, There's no estate tax or inheritance tax, I should say. But when those heirs receive the distributions from the annuity and or IRA, they are paying ordinary income tax on the amount they pull out. That's a fact above and beyond the gain that they have in there. That is a fact. So if this guy died with $180,000 in a variable annuity of which he put 100 dollars in there and he transfers it to his kid, his kid has an $80,000 ordinary income tax payable tax due or he had to pay tax on the $80,000 of ordinary income gain that he received. On the other hand, if this guy had $100,000 in a mutual fund that grew to 250, dollars and he did pay a little bit of taxes on the way up, when he dies that 250 goes to his kid completely tax-free because of what's called a step up and basis step up basis rule as long as it's outside an ira if it's inside an ira and there is no step up basis anything that comes out of an ira that's been deducted previously will come out as ordinary income anything that comes out of annuity will come out as ordinary income above and beyond the initial cost basis the hundred thousand dollars Anything that's outside an IRA that has a gain on it will transfer to your heir tax free under current tax law because of step up and basis rules. It's a huge estate planning tool that hardly anyone uses and it drives me up the wall because it's wonderful. Now your doctor son or your doctor wife or your your wife, wife. now anyone who receives that income is going to get your assets tax-free under current step-up step, step up basis rules. And that's not gonna change anytime soon. That's a big deal. Annuities don't offer that, IRAs don't offer that. So just keep that in the back of your mind too. All right, so I hope this helps. Remember, tax deferral is not all cracked up to be. Annuities have huge expenses affiliated with them. If you have an annuity outside of an IRA and it has grown, even if it hasn't grown as fast as you would have liked it, you don't have that many options other than paying the tax man notes or comments down below i'd love to hear your thoughts on this uh don't forget to subscribe and of course thumbs up are always helpful for the heritage wealth planning youtube channel because it gets the word out there for youtube to recognize my content here and tell other people hey watch this crazy guys youtube channel and uh and don't forget to subscribe that's what i say don't forget to hit the notification button right down there as well to be notified of future content look forward to seeing you next time on the heritage wealth planning youtube channel thanks guys